You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. What is up, everyone? Paul Pasolakis, Salvatore Cusmano, Brad Weisgerber. We are inside real estate. How is everybody doing? Good. Great. Good. Great. Great. Yeah. We have a what was good. That? Yeah. Good. good. Regular good. Wednesday Great. tradition, Grand. though. I yeah. mean, it's like every Wednesday for some reason there's just even a little snow dusting. It has been every Wednesday for the last two months. Yeah, it's kind of nice. And we record our show it's on Wednesdays, brutal. and it has been. Today's actually been the best out of the last month. Lies. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, uh, we have a very special guest, Mr. Stephen Schaefer. How are you, sir? Great. Yeah, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, Stephen hails, for, hails from uh, Caldwell, Bank, Caldwell Banker Weir Emanuel. Whatever. <laughs> it's all right. Everybody does. It's just you're, very, you're, you're not alone it's on that. It's hard, man. Can, can we just call it something else? Everyone <laughs> throws the A in there, like Coldwell. It's it's Coldwell Banker. Coldwell Banker. Yes. Whatever, man. I, it's just it's <laughs> CBWM. There right. we go. Yeah, there there we go. go. That's, that's not any. That's not any easier. <laughs> no, CBWM. Anyways, so Stephen, obviously, um, uh, you, you we wanted you to have you on the show. I want, I want to talk about your story. Uh, before we get started, obviously, thank you for everybody that that subscribes, that listens to us, that reviews us. We're, we're really, really proud of the show that we're putting together. And all, at the same time, we know it sucks, so we appreciate everybody actually being nice to us. <laughs> um, so. Um, Steve, tell us about your story. Uh, so first and foremost, it's interesting the story with, with Steve. How we, we you go by Steve? Can I call you Steve? Yeah, that's Steve, fine. Steve, Steve's good. Okay, all right. So um, it's funny because you hit me up on Facebook one day. Yes, I mean, this is actually how we started. Like uh, our like relationship is you were like, hey man, uh, I've never really had a good lender, and um, I heard you guys are good. I'd like to talk to you guys. Right. So I, I do want to talk about the importance of having a good lender as a real estate agent. I think it gets missed, and I. I think what, what some agents look for in a lender sometimes isn't congruent to actually being successful as a real estate agent. Sure. Right? So I want to talk about that because I think that's an interesting topic, which we don't really get into too much. And it sounds self-serving because obviously we're on the other end of it. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's important for a lot of agents and a lot of people out there to understand that team is important, right? 100%. Uh, I, I think the, the loan officer, especially in most cases, a lot of times I pick up buyers that are not pre-approved and referring them out to a loan officer... Uh, if they don't do a good job, it reflects really poorly on on me and my business and, and my chances of you know working with that client in the future. Um, so yeah, Tara yeah. Chody uh, referred you guys. From, to, yeah, from real producers, to, of from real County. producers yeah, of Oakland which County. I appreciate that. Yeah, and uh, just just uh, in the short time of getting to know you guys, like I'm working on a deal uh, with with Sal right now, and uh, the communication level. Uh, not only with myself keeping me up to speed, but the client. I know he's he's really uh, he's already made comments to me about how ha- how happy he is with the with the referral and the, yeah. the job that Sal and you guys are doing. At, yeah. at Omega. So for sure, like, and, and again, I want to get into that, but first, I want to start with your story, right? Like, sure. so so you've been in the industry for about what a year, a little over a year, right? No, I've I've been licensed for three years now. Three years, All right? Um, so my journey is is probably a little unique to to most. I grew up in South Florida, uh, playing hockey. Where? Uh, so just <laughs> so those between are things be- you don't hear very often. Well, South Florida, yeah. yeah. I was, Ice, I was born in Miami. Uh, you were, yeah. I was born you in know, Miami. My wife was living in Sunny Isles when I met her. Okay, yeah, yeah I know where that's at. Yeah. So uh, I started playing roller and then transitioned to ice. And when my uh, when I was about eleven, my family relocated to to Detroit Hockey Town. 
Uh, for hockey? For, for you? For, for hockey, for me, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. so it was a... Uh, uh, Get out of here. Yeah. A, a South Florida kid moving <laughs> to Michigan to play hockey. That is wild. Yeah, it's not uncommon. Uh, you know, this is this is it's the a, only it, one it, I know, dude. Yeah. No, we <laughs> never we had, heard the story before. We, we had kids, uh, you know, coming from all over the country. I mean, th- this is hockey mm-hmm. town. Uh, it's yeah. very high level of of youth hockey in this area. Yeah, for sure. And uh, but played hockey all through college. Where'd you play? I played at Canisius College. It's a small private Jesuit school. Okay, um, it's D one. But that's all okay. Uh, in in Buffalo, New York. So you're a competitive athlete. Yeah, very competitive. Uh and I think that's helped me um transition to to real estate. Yeah. That's interesting because a lot of athletes <clears throat> we've do had some well. really good athletes on the show who are now killing it, it in it's, real estate. There's there's you know? something to be said about being in an athletic program and being at a high level competitive spirit and then and then using that to, because it is such a self-driven business right. that you have and you have to be competitive to be able to like really want to win, right? But right. you also have to be it, it, the wearing, Coachable. Your, the wearing in your brain is, t- is very similar from an athlete to this business because you have to, you have to be repetition I over and over and over. I think successful athletes are competitive with themselves. Yeah, yeah right, exactly, yeah. and improving themselves, which is very and, odd because Sal is the most unathletic person I know. So <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, that is true. So, so okay, so you, I, mo- you moved to Michigan. Thank you for not giving me that. Title. Yes, um, <laughs> you get out of college. Mm-hmm. You, you probably have dreams of grandeur. You want to be in the NHL, right? I'd, I'd never after college. I'd never given it thought to like okay. What's the real world like? What am I going to do now? You were so focused on hockey. So focused on hockey every day of my life. And uh, so that took some time to kind of think about what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but after college, I got into, uh, I went through the PGA Golf Management Program. Now you want to be a golfer. <laughs> and uh, well, I did it uh, to be able to do golf instruction. That's what my grandfather did. Yeah. And uh, he, he made a big impact on my life. He, he's, uh, he's still in South Florida now. Uh, yeah. He goes to the driving range every day and, and gives golf lessons and golfer? instruction. Uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, I don't so play. When someone says, I don't, yes, they're a good golfer, that means they're pretty good. I don't play any, I don't play anymore, but when I was really going after it, I, I got, yeah. I got really good at it. That's awesome. Um, uh, but yeah, went through, you have to go through like a playing ability test, mm-hmm. um, to be a certain, you know, yeah. basically be able to shoot a certain score yeah. to be able to instruct people. So yeah. did that for a couple of years. Uh, I was at Bloomfield Hills Country Club in the summertime and nice then in club. the winter, yeah. I was back in Florida on Sanibel Island at a really nice club down there. So I had a great setup. You had a good good childhood, it sounds like. You yeah. Did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a great journey. So you're doing this. You're, you're going into this whole, uh, like, like like a management, uh, golf manager thing. Mm-hmm. What like what happened? How, do, how does that get into, get into real estate? Well, there's a lot of factors, I think. But uh, looking back on it, uh, I'm the type of person that gets bored pretty easily. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got into it thinking like I was going to be on the golf course and, and being able to teach people how to play. Uh, when you're an assistant pro, a lot of your duties are cleaning clubs, <laughs> a, a little bit of that, yeah. but, uh, running tournaments and events, dealing with the members. Mm-hmm. I was literally locked in a golf shop for 60 hours a week. Uh, and there's not a lot of golf, there's not a lot of money in the golf industry. I mean, you look at equipment manufacturers are, are struggling. Yeah. Uh, the, the lack of the, the, pl- you know, the amount of play. For most people, has declined. Nobody has the time to go spend four hours at the golf course. Trust me. I know. Um, so I just saw a lot of things, and, and plus, in order to get uh, like a, a head position at one of these prestigious clubs, you've got to put twenty, thirty years yeah. uh, in to get to that point. So I wanted to, I transitioned into real estate because I wanted to build a business. I wanted something that was going to um, push me. Uh, inspire me and, and that was going to be different that I wouldn't get bored with. Yeah. Um, but 
Also, I, I've, I've always been intrigued with real estate. I thought the timing was perfect, too. Well, you're, so that was what, 2016? Yes, yeah, 16. Man. Okay. Uh, and, and just looking at it, too, like the, the, the barrier to, of, of entry for this industry, uh, it cost me a couple hundred dollars. And I didn't, Zero. I, I, I didn't have to go get a master's degree or go back to school. I literally took a five-day accelerated course and took the state exam like two or three days later. Yeah. So with a couple hundred dollars in less than two weeks, and I was licensed to sell real estate. If you're any- breathing, you can sell real estate. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. There's not. Yeah. Barrier of entry is very minimal, man. We, yeah. Yeah. That's why there's so many agents out there. Right. The competition yeah. um, is certainly very competitive. Uh, at the top the, level. At the top level, yeah. but mm-hmm. there's there's certainly a lot of potential in, mm-hmm. the, in this business. So when you when you got into the industry, so mm-hmm. let's talk about the because a lot of people think real estate's sexy, right. and I'm going to get in, and I'm a million-dollar listing guy, and I'm going right. to go show all these houses, and I'm gonna just going to make a ton of money, and sure. I'm going to have like, you know, it's just, there's this aura about it, and it, it can be very lucrative, and it is very lucrative, if and if and but if you're good at it, but to be good at it, you got to do a lot of work, so you talk do. to me about your first year and how, how uh, crappy that was. Yes, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I, literally the first three months... Uh, I, I showed up at my office every day. I, I made calls. I talked to people. I set open houses. I followed up with everybody and did not sell a house. Three months. Three, yeah. three months. So how, how do you not get discouraged through that? You know what? I just, the way I live my life is I always look at, uh, even to this day, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking about the future and the long term. Yeah. Uh, so I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, I had my, my heart set on it. So I didn't get discouraged, but I see it, uh, especially with new agents now. I mean, they, they, like you said, they, they expect to show up and sell a, a $500,000 house their first day on the job. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. Right. Uh, you've really got to put, put the time in stripes. And Yeah. You, you really do. Yeah. I, so I, I tell this to people that get into the business. It's like, if you're not prepared mm-hmm. for a full year of right. a bloodbath, right. it's an absolute, even, even in poverty. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bloodbath, right? Even somebody getting into the mortgage, it, it well, takes a it's long a difference time. between starting your own business and working for someone, yep. right? It, if you go and you work somewhere and you get a salary or hourly or whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, you are basically working for a business that's already built, right? Mm-hmm. But to go out and do real estate, mortgage, insurance, whatever. Work for yourself. You have to build a book. You yeah, know, you, you got to build build, build, yeah. build your business and build processes and things like that. And it's like not that. for everybody, and, right? And some places will go and give you leads and do all these things, but but a you're not going to make as much, and b you don't have your own self sufficient business, and you will be a slave to that forever. We can talk more more about that later. But so first year bloodbath, right? Yeah, it was a very successful year. I'm, uh, to me, I I was wanting to do a ton of business, and so I've I've I set really high goals for myself. Yeah, of course. And uh, but but yeah. Taking a step back and, and looking at it, it was very successful. And in year two, I doubled my business. Uh, you know, made over made over six figures, which go, again goes back to uh, the barrier. You know, the the cost to enter uh, the industry. Uh-huh. If you work really hard, if you're consistent with it, you know the. I don't know many other professions where, uh, you know, spend a couple hundred dollars to get your license, uh, and by year two, you're you're making that kind of money. Here's what what, what so people say like the like the cost of of starting that business. It, right. It's not an actual. Money, monetary cost sale. It's it's sweat equity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how much? Yes. How much of your time, energy, right. and everything you put into it? That's the cost of barrier. Yeah, even with that being said, though, right? And granted, you know, super high level best surgeons in the country make stupid money, right? But at the same time, Stoop, and granted, they I think that it's worth it. 
you know. Yeah, they're saving people's lives, yeah. dude. <laughs> we're not yeah. we're not doing that, right? But someone might at die, the same so. time, uh, it is uh, that it, is like it is that. crazy, like you said, right? A couple hundred bucks, two weeks. Yes, you got to work. You got to work at everything you do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, but if you want to be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, like doctors didn't get to be a doctor without going to, like a ton of school and working a ton of school yeah. and working very hard. I'm yeah. saying I yeah. I don't know if I mean granted we work we all work hard. I'm not, I'm not trying to discount that, but man, think about that. Right? Yeah, like, There's a difference. Go though. to school for ten years and you make you know yeah, it, it's kind of nuts. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. a doctor comes out of college generally, they get a job pretty quick, and they're making money. Well, yeah, they, secure, also, they right? also have three hundred thousand dollars in, in, in uh, student loan debt, yes. bro. Right? No, it's, it's stupid. They're starting loans. the hole right away. Yeah, but for someone like us or you, who the cost of entry is very low, and you got to grind, mm-hmm. right? You still got to put in the same amount of work. At, give it, it's debatable, right? But it's a lot of work, right? It's but you're living easy. in poverty, right? A lot of people. Or you have to prepare. You have to no live. money, right? Yeah. If you have a family, you're probably giving up in a month because you can't you can't afford it. Well, the drop off, and, and you can talk about this, right? Is is you probably started with ten people, let's say hypothetically. Mm-hmm. How many of those are around now? Just myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's That's hard. It is. It's hard to push through the. It, it's easy to enter, hard to push through through the ceiling. So yeah, the, the the message I think is to anybody listening who is either is thinking about getting into the business or is early on in their business. It's like, dude, you're. It's gonna suck. And there might be the one like one shooting star that like pops off and they get really really fortunate and they right. hit hit everything but that is rare very rare right it's rare and it's also very rare to be an elite within a year or two right mm-hmm. and it's also even rare to make a hundred thousand dollars in your second year if you if, if you told me in your second year you made 50 i'd be like that okay you're right. on your way right? no that's great yeah, right exactly so those are proper expectations instead of the million dollar listing expectations yes. right mm-hmm. yeah so, so that's it. that's good. And now that you're in your business, now you know we were talking about this the other day. You're like, you know, it's funny. You know, for a long time I was grinding, 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 and now you're like, my phone's ringing now, right? A little bit more. Like people are calling you now, where that's like the next evolution, right? Yeah, I've I've, uh, I've seen it just in the past couple of weeks. I have probably five or six listings coming up, and I've been very heavy at working with buyers. Yeah. And now I'm starting to get referrals and, and people trust me to to list their houses, which is cool. It's gonna be different for uh-huh. my business. Yeah. But I think it's gonna take me to the to the to the next level. Yeah, just so the audience understands that maybe isn't in the real estate business, the evolution of a of a good real estate agent is obviously that you start showing buyers because it's more labor intensive. You're mm-hmm. you're showing them a, a ton of houses, you're getting calls at six o'clock at night, I want to go look at a house, and you've got to be on call. It's not like right. uh it's it's very, very labor intensive. Mm-hmm. So the next evolution after that a lot of times is you know, getting listings. Because listings, yes, you have to market the home. There's a different acumen that you have to be good at. But the reality is you put up a house and now you just schedule showings. It's a, it's a much better existence on that side of it. Yes. But, I, but, I, but here's something that happens a lot. A real estate agent all of a sudden now gets a few listings. Oh, I don't do buyers. Right. Like, what are you doing? I see that. Yeah, well, what yeah. do you mean? Like the same person that's listing that house is probably buying another house, but they're not doing that transaction. Yeah, it's amazing how I many times I see, I meet buyers that they have their house listed with another agent, Yep. but yet they want to find a new agent to help them on the buy side. How odd is that? It, it, it blows my mind. It is because they just, like that listing agent probably just doesn't put a value on showing them houses. No, I think they probably lose touch with them a little bit. Yeah. And Whatever it is, that it is, a, it is a weird. I always wonder that because we'll have listing agents come to us, and we'll talk to them. We're like, "Look, your business model isn't great because you're not working with buyers. We want buyers, right, on our end, on the mortgage mm-hmm. side." And it's like, if you don't have buyers it, from the listings you're getting, how does that work? I mean, it's a, it's it goes back full circle here to what we were talking about. It's it's the hard work that really pushes people to be successful in this business. So the people that are kicking back and just taking 
half the potential, right? They're taking the listing and not it's the so other weird. transaction. Well, you know, just think about the little. That that's a little hard. bit of effort it's, to really push just, them through. That's kind of where they say like, work smarter, not harder, right? And it's like, hey, these listings are lead generators, right? Yeah. It's each one of them is its own lead gen. So if you have five listings, you should be able to generate probably fifteen buyer leads. Maybe you'll convert right. two of them, yeah. right? One yeah. of them even agree, but. Yeah. You should be able to probably generate five buyers or five leads off of a listing. I always say this, and, and you know, a lot of people buy Zillow leads. They want to be a Redfin agent. They want to, you know, get, get do whatever it is to get leads. Um, and that is, I think, very short sighted. If you're a real estate agent, you are in the lead generation business. You're out there creating the lead, right? And right. if that is not how you think of your business, you're not going to have a long long-term business a lot of times unless you're always stuck on the teat of zillow or whatever it is yes right. it, it took me a couple of years to figure that out and mm-hmm. we were talking about this the other day yeah uh, but once once i had that mind shift it's yeah. really uh it's really opened a lot of doors for me because then mm-hmm. now now you're, now you're creating your own wealth exactly yeah so and you in your, your own sphere and your own network so that's awesome so let's go back and talk about because i do think it's important and i don't think we talk about it enough you made you you came to a point where you realized that the represented the, the the people around you actually represent you yes right and and if the if your team around you isn't performing ultimately you're not performing right right and that was hurting your business knowing that no matter how good you are if the if the lender on that side or the title company or even like the inspector the inspector yeah any of those people they drop the ball and they make you look bad it, it it is your brand now right right so so talk to me about what caused you to be like just have this like mental break where you reached out to me well yeah, so someone told me my mentor when i first started at coldwell banker uh, i've leaned heavily on her but she told me what she's really learned over the years. What's her name, by the way? Leslie Dorn. Good. Uh, she's been in the business for, I think, 30 plus years. So she knows does, does a tremendous amount of business, and I really look up to her. But she told me to surround yourself with people that are a lot smarter than you and people that are going to make you look really good. Well, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so that's what I've, I've tried Jessica to Jessica might be smarter than I've, you. I've tried to implement into my business. Um, but it, it is amazing. You know, I, you, you, it's hard to it's hard to attain a client or keep a client, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, it's a lot easier if you have great people around you. Whether, like you said, inspector, loan officer, title people. Yeah. They want they, they'll keep you know, if it's a great experience and a good transaction. They're they, coming back. They're, they're going to come or back, and they're going to refer you to their family and friends. Yep. And uh, so I, I really believe in that. So talk. Oh, go ahead, Sal. You're going to say something. I was say about you know a buyer, seller, whoever, uh, a client, right? Like. We wouldn't be doing what we're doing if they didn't need us, right? If they had cash, they'd buy the house, right? Or they wouldn't need a mortgage. If they thought that they could go negotiate deals themselves, they wouldn't hire a realtor. They thought that they could go list on the MLS, they wouldn't hire a listing agent, right? Mm-hmm. So to to have them in our team and keep them in our group and make sure that, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't know that question. You need to ask Steve, right? As opposed to like, well, I don't even know who your realtor is, right? So That happens it, a lot, yeah. It's, yeah. it's good to have a team and make sure like, not that it's almost like bumpers in a bowling alley, right? Like mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's a, sorry to cut you bumper. off. It's it's amazing how many uh, times I get asked, "Oh, what's my monthly payment going to be for you know for this house?" And it's like, bro, call your agent. I mean, call your uh, loan officer. Yeah. that's not my lane. Right. And yeah. If someone asks me, like, "Hey, what about this addendum, bro?" I mean, I could probably answer it, but I'm not. That's well, not we my, always that's get asked. I always get asked, "When do I get my keys?" I'm like. <laughs> I don't know. Talk. Ask your realtor. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, like, yeah. Well, they're not answering the phone. Oh, why? Oh, I don't know. They're a Redfin agent. I haven't talked to them forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, you know. Well, they don't really know. They they told me to ask you. I'm like, okay. 
This is what <laughs> buyers and, and consumers happens. in general and in and, and, and the complicated transaction don't even realize sometimes how complicated it is. They don't even realize the questions that they need. And what people actually need, and I think agents should understand this, is they need someone to tell them what to do. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Right? They need to, and they, the, the, the consumer doesn't even understand that yet. They, they don't even know that I need someone to tell me what to do. I want to get the best Service. price. I want to, they're thinking about that. But the reality is you need someone to navigate the waters for you. If I'm walking through the jungle in the Amazon, I need some, a guy to like cut down the trees and show me where I'm going. Right? I'm not going to figure it out on my own. <clears throat> right. Right? We're in the jungle, bro. Right. Imagine. Well, imagine if like you went to your doctor. That's a sound bite right there. Imagine if you went to your doctor and let's say they're like, "Hey, if if you don't lose twenty pounds, you're gonna die." Right. And is, it's this, like, is this a real conversation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but a lot of. Sell. But imagine the doctor being like, oh, "I don't know. I don't know if he'll like to hear." What that. do you want to do? You know. What I don't, do you want to do? No, I don't know if he's if that's gonna offend him or whatever. Oh, like yeah, as yeah, a loan yeah. officer, you need to be like. The, this I, is what hey, the you have to is. you have to do this. You know, your credit is not good enough or this or that. Right. Or like to on the real estate, you have to do this. You have you should take this offer. Right. Yeah. It's not an insult. You got to tell them what they need to know. Not what they want to It's a blessing. Right. For sure. You should take it. Even loan officers, they're terrified sometimes to ask for another document. Yeah. I I don't want to ask them. And then they wait. They sit on it for two or three days debating if it's needed or not or calling no. underwriters well, and it's it, like yeah that's that's needed just so get that, it. that goes back to two different things one is uh your point about the if if they if the client could do it themselves they would we wouldn't exist mm-hmm. right but on top of that it's the back to good versus bad loan officer good versus bad real estate agent is setting the expectation when you first talk to that client you need to be assertive and tell them this, this is what i'm going to do i'm not gonna fairy dust around everything i'm gonna I'm going to lay it out for you and we're going to work through this together, but I'm going to be very real with you. And setting those expectations make those conversations down the road way easier. Mm-hmm. It's the people that don't set the expectations and or maybe set the expectation of everything's going to be easy and, and, and rainbows, then that they're wishy-washy about having those yeah. conversations. It's it's, it's uh, night and day difference. Just, just say it how it is. And so Steve, so when you prior to you reaching out, tell me about an experience that you had that made you realize that I need a better team around me. Uh, I mean, there's, there's been a lot, uh, I've, I've done a, a lot of transactions where, you know, it hasn't been the smoothest at times, yeah. uh, and, and you grow and you learn from that. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it was inspectors being overly, I guess, scary, if you will, mm-hmm. about a home when they didn't need to be, <laughs> right. uh, yeah. that happens, that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. So, uh, you know, don't for, freak them out, man. For, yeah, no, <laughs> especially first time home buyers. I, I work with a lot of first time home buyers and, uh, like you're going to need a roof in 10 years. You better start thinking about that. Y- now. Yeah. <laughs> no, ex- ex- My dad exactly. would probably be the, one of the most qualified inspectors. However, the worst one. Because he'd scare the he crap beat, out of yeah, you. Yeah, he beat the whole house up. Yeah. I'll, look at that paint. Can you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah, but back to, so fortunately, I've, I've caught on with it with a good inspector and, and I use them on 95% of my deals. He's part of your team now. He's part of my team. Yeah. 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 It's so imperative. And I say this all the time. So sometimes real estate agents look at these, these people, these ancillary people as just parts, pieces of the puzzle that are disconnected. Right. And they don't ever put them all together and keep them like connected to where they're, 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 you know, controlling the vibe, like not controlling, but creating an atmosphere of like winning. Right. Mm -hmm. It'd be like if I created like a a, a football team, but my like, my, my quarterback coach was like calling in from like Wisconsin to talk to my quarterback, but he's not on the field with them. Right. You just need someone that's, well, it's a business. 
you should know the the facets of your business. It's not going to be the same every time. People don't always want to work with your team, yeah, right? But, but a lot of real estate agents sell put a lot of a lot more stock on. Hey, pay me money, and I'll, and so I can buy some leads, mm-hmm. right? Hey, do this for me, do that for me, do that. Right, but the, the, the actual value that we I don't give, think we're talking about business people. That's the difference I think between uh, good some real estate are. agents and not they're they're business people or they aren't. Yeah, right? yeah, I guess you're right. I guess so, you're right. Yeah, the value that they place on the actual business is different, right? Yeah. Now that might come with, hey, pay for some of our leads, but that's how their business is built. So I'm okay paying for leads if it's like, hey, we're doing this together. We're gonna figure out how. Yeah. To no, do these I'm just leads, saying, right? you know, there's there's get rich quick real estate agents, right? And then there's business people. Yeah. And that's that's the a difference. good way to put it. Yeah. That's a really good way to put it. So now let's fast forward. So now you're in your business uh, in 2019. That's where we're at. 19. Wow. Man, do you remember? Do you remember when like two thousand like flipped over and it was like a big deal? We thought the world was gonna end. I feel <laughs> yeah, like I, I was think I was like yeah. eleven. Yeah, oh, I wasn't. I was yeah, twenty. Uh, so, anyways, um, so now we're in two thousand nineteen. What are you doing this year? To, because obviously, a lot of people start thinking about okay, uh, new year. What am I going to do? What are my goals? What what like what do I want to be? Right? Who am I going to be this year? So, talk to the audience and talk to some people. Like, what are you thinking about two thousand nineteen? In terms of growing my business, yeah, or the mar- and also the market, like what? How do you think that's going to play into everything? Sure. Uh, so really, I sat down at the end of last year and uh, kind of figured out where a lot of my business is coming from and what I can do differently to you know connect with some of, some of the other avenues uh, in terms of lead generation. Yeah. Uh, but I put together a really good uh, detailed business plan, but a lot of it stems from. Uh, more of an old school approach, getting face to face with people, um, getting out and networking, but mm-hmm. doing it from a, you know, for, not from a sales place, just from organic, doing it from a very organic, yeah. uh, grow the relationship over time. Mm-hmm. And, um, but starting to see the fruits of that labor um, just in the, the short couple of months. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's imperative. And I, I think some people do networking wrong yes if that makes sense yes. right mm-hmm. they they look at networking like hey buddy <laughs> where's the yeah. business well, the, the thing i see too is is you'll like i'll meet with someone and, yeah. and if if i don't send them business like right away they'll just they won't ever talk to me again it's amazing yeah uh, it's they're so quick to they just want to find that one person right that's going to send them 100 Dude, deals it's crazy and that drives it, me crazy. crazy. They don't value the relationship. No. It's not a real. It's a no, transaction. You, you find out who who they really yeah. are and what those they're are the, after. Those are the type of people that when something goes wrong, they'll disappear. You're under the bus. Yeah, I think people. Don't, Some, everyone else is under the people bus. People don't right? understand, especially from the mortgage side of things, that good things take time. Right? People get frustrated. Yeah. People are like, go out and start, you know, doing this, and then the, after two, three months, they're not closing, you know, multi million dollars of so volume. They're Stop. like. Ah, I'm going to go back to Quicken or I'm going to do this. Yeah. They're looking for the quick, low-hanging fruit, and that takes time, especially a relationship. I mean, even with ours, I mean, we went back and forth for like a month or so just mm-hmm. trying to find a time to get launch, right? right. But we're all busy. Yeah, but so, like, but it wasn't as it wasn't like oh, this guy's blown. Like it was yeah. just like let's just no, get to know him. Cool. Right? Like whenever. Ultimately, that's what's most important. And there are agents for to, for example that we don't work with right away, but we just get to know each other, mm-hmm. right? On an organic, like good human. Let's get a beer. We might not even do a deal for a year or two, and we might never do a deal. We just might not be that kind of fit, but. We know who each other are. There's a level of respect and love there, right? Where a lot of people are trying to network and they're just trying to get business. Yeah. Get that out of your mind. Right. Get out there and meet people. 
be a human, get to know people, create a create an environment where everybody is like, you're good with whatever you do. If you decided tomorrow to say, I'm not using you, I don't hold that against you. Like that, we're still cool, right? Right. I'm never gonna be mad at that, right? You you got to do what you believe is best for your business, and ultimately, we're gonna support that one way or the other. That's the right way. It's not the hey man, take my card and I'm gonna shove it down your throat. <laughs> no, you you have to treat people the way that you wanted want to be treated. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. they can sense that if you're not being genuine or organic with them, people people can sense that. Yeah, and and it's unfortunate because a lot of salespeople don't get that there's no sale. No. The sale is who you are, and sometimes yeah. if you're a bad human, you're not gonna make it because you're just a bad human. It's right. not gonna work for you. Um, sales is just selling yourself. I mean, you're selling your personality. You're not, the product doesn't matter if you're it's good really, at sales. It's really hard for me, man. Not a lot of people like me. That's very true. I know. Yeah, that's but, why sale blows you. Stop laughing, month. Jessica. I see you laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you got to look to me, right? Like looking at how our business was built and how we feed ourselves. Essentially, it all goes back to those good relationships that we started years ago. Years. Right? Yeah. Years ago, and then looking at some of them and how long they took to get going. Right? Yeah. Some. Some were leaps of faith, right? Working with someone and they're like, all right, I don't know this guy, but whatever, I'm going to refer you my sister. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, like to me, that's like, yeah, that's like gold, right? Like, that's gotta, the best compliment you can get, man. Like, yeah, if like, someone's okay. willing to refer your family over to you, it's like, I don't take that lightly, bro. Like, I've had a lot of referrals lately, which is interesting in my career that, you know, people are calling me they're like, hey, man, like, I, I heard you do a good job. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, now, now we're talking. Now, now I don't have. I, I'm not like out there like hunting as much. Now people are just, you know, calling me and giving me meat. Right. Right. Yeah, but you can't get lazy either. No, you know, that's, no, that's no, the, no, the, no, the other no, thing. No, like yeah, yeah. the easiest not, yeah. thing to do, I think, is once you kind of find your stride, right? The easiest thing to do is plateau. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just, and just be like, okay, yeah. yeah. Like I feel like month in a month out, I could close two million dollars a month, which will pay the bills. Right. Mm-hmm. And or I don't have to take buyers anymore. I'll just take listings. Figuring right. out, right. Like, yeah, like the listing agent Same who thing. closes 600000 a month of listings on average, right? Yeah. It's good money, right? There's a big difference. I see it like <clears throat> in terms of my office between the agents that do maybe five or six million dollars a year in volume. I mean, they're very comfortable. They're making a nice living. But how do you get to 10? But how do you get to 10 and 15? Yeah. And I, I believe wholeheartedly, and I know this is going to sound self-serving, but I don't mean it this way. I think wholeheartedly having the right team around you is important. Like I, we've seen, Sal, agents that were at yeah. five, six, and then all of a sudden we, we help get them to 10. Yeah. Well, I don't right. even think, I mean, that's part of it, right? But I think overall it still rides in their their wheelhouse, right, of what to do and the systems to build, what to delegate. Like we're... Yeah, okay, delegate your lending and whatnot, but it's the the day-to-day activity that, like, for example, us, we wouldn't be able to get where we're at without our team, like Scott and Kyle, and, mm-hmm. like, you know, having those operational standpoints where you can... You've got to build an ecosystem of success. Yeah, like, you have to uh, have the control and have the voice in the conversation, yet use the people around you, like a buyer's agent mm-hmm. or, or showing agent, something mm-hmm. like that, to keep you able to be in front of people to, right? to your point it's very difficult to build a team and lose the ability to be the the, 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 the when, when it's a referral based business the danger is when you create a system that all of a sudden you remove yourself from the system well you are the the the, the asset that's creating that okay. so a lot of places what they'll do is they'll just remove themselves completely and create a conveyor belt it doesn't work in a relationship business you we are the asset that's driving the business so you've got to find a way to, to create a system around that where you are still the main asset. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, that's it. That is interesting. Or someone who can 
replace you and get along with everyone, which is extremely hard to right. find, right? I mean, well, not for me, man. Every, 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 yeah, you're, you are definitely easy yeah, to replace. Yeah, yeah, I'm very <laughs> yes, <laughs> God, where do we go today? Like, how did we get down Paul sucks? I don't know. You just basically yeah, did it to yourself. You, yeah, he did yeah. it yourself, and we all just started attacking. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's really interesting. So let's talk about the market in 2019, because I think it's going to be interesting. We just saw a report come out that December sales are up 5% across the country. Obviously, it's not so super hyper where we're at, but... You know, and it was at a low of in October. Everybody's talking about the end of the market, yep, right? In October, yeah. everybody's like, "Oh, it's over. Rates are five percent. 2019 is going to suck." And I'm like, "No, dude, it's going to be fine. Like, right? It's just a blip." And then all of a sudden, it just started, dude. After like Thanksgiving, things just started rolling, right? And you know, we personally just had one of our best months ever. And December is going to be a good month, or was a good month. And I believe the spring is going to be super busy. Mm-hmm. What do you think? But just uh, being in it every day, talking to to associates and colleagues, uh, I know everybody's is business is up right now. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of the market, I think buyers and sellers are are really confident in what's going on right now in the the stock market, the economy, mm-hmm. um, especially in this area. But in terms of uh, like the luxury market, I think has has really jumped in the in the past six months to a year. Yeah. We've seen more sales above seven hundred thousand. Uh, than we did in, in previous years. So yeah. Um, yeah, I think consumers are really confident right now. That's a big leading indicator because when the people with money believe in the market, yes. right? Yes. Right. Just yes. to be fair, like, okay, it's great when the hundred, two hundred thousand, three hundred, but when you have the luxury market moving, that means the people that are making the money that are, that are, that have a cl- probably a closer touch with the market on that level because they've got probably a lot more invested. Yes. Um, if they're moving their money, that's a, that bodes well for the market. I think the one thing that you'd have to think about though is it, are they seeing the signs of a, a potential downturn and they want to hop off the bus before it crashes, right? And granted, I don't <laughs> think it's going to crash, right? But like, that's one thought in my mind is, hey, like that like crazy There's appreciation. It's like, all right, things are like kind of leveled out now, maybe even just very slightly going down. Like it, it's time to sell if you want to, if you want to sell uh, in the next. Yeah. Two three years. I right? totally agree with that, but it's the buy side that actually moves moves me more. Mm-hmm. But I think part of that. I think you're right. I think this spring is a window of opportunity for buyers who want to get into the market because the interest rates and the price price of money is still low. The market is still healthy. If you're looking to buy, you're going to be able to get in right now prior to any jumps in rates or, or right. So because rates with us are four and a quarter, four point three, four and a half. That's cheap money. Right. There's that's a lot super, of buying power out that's there. A, it's just cheap money, right? Like, like you know, people are always like, Paul, should I put, you know, 50% down in my house? I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, if I was you, Why? I would put 5% down and take that well, other money. Know, There's yeah. always arguments. Well, it's kind of crazy. Like, okay, you can afford, if you can afford a $2,200 a month payment, right? Which is roughly like a $320,000, yeah. $330,000 house, right? Depending on the area, yeah. Like, for a couple hundred more, you can go 400 Right. And (laughs) I mean, that's like the reality of how much buying power. Right. I mean, it it is kind of crazy, though. Like, I don't think people realize the difference in payment for a house. Yeah. Right. It's like, hey, 180 to 250 or 275 is like 400 bucks. I also know. Right. Which is not. Right. I mean, it's like a car payment, right? But at the same time, you're getting a lot of more house and a bigger asset. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. I can't find anything or whatever. It's like, bump your price, dude. You'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You know, a lot of clients that we talk to don't even realize, how, like, when we tell people what they actually can afford per payment on their, like, 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 uh, for debt to income ratios for qualifying, 
They're like, dude, I don't want to go that high. Yeah. I'm like, well, that, nobody does because it's stupid. It's crazy because you can go up to like 50, sometimes 55%, sometimes over 55% of your income prior to taxes, prior to any other expenses, uh, like, you know, cable, all that stuff. And they're like, dude, I can actually buy a house with that kind of payment. Yeah, legally you can. And they're like, I don't want that. I'm like, you probably shouldn't do that, dude. <laughs> you probably should not. Yeah. And on the flip side, sometimes you see what people not on their pay stubs, right? It, this is a big conundrum of mine right now. Let's say that again. <clears throat> conundrum. Okay. With self-employment versus uh, W-2, I think it's complete BS Bullshit. as far as what people can uh, yeah. can buy uh, or refi. I mean, I've got people who are calling me. they got $2 million free and clear houses. Well, I don't really show much income, right? I just want to get a $400,000 HELOC. Well, one, I don't do HELOCs, but two, <laughs> sorry. You know, you can't do it, right? You got to get something else. We got to do these crazy loans, and it's like- who wouldn't – I mean, you're taking out a quarter of the value on the house in their first lien position, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's a good buy, right? I feel yeah. like there should be other programs. And then you look at some of these W-2s. It's like, hey, man, uh, is there a way you can put like $200 in your bank account so you can close? Like yeah, that's yeah, how short you are, yeah, right? Yeah. Sometimes and it's really the DTI scary, is 56.99. It's it, crazy. It's it's all about mitigating risk, though. It's I mean, it's the same but thing. Hey, you it's the same it. thing about like getting into the, getting into our type of business, right? If it, it's that risk, it's not knowing when's my paycheck going to come because you're basically self employed. Versus, I go get a salary job. There's some stability there. It's the same thing with lending, right? You, a W two employee has a salary. Well, I, I There's get some it. Stability there. I get it, right? But it's the guy who's got one point seven five percent equity in his house, right? Yeah. A losing investment for for FHA yeah. gets this guy approved, yet. The guy who is just trying to take out a 25 LTV cash out refi so he can go yeah. make money with it's it. Been yeah. up a lot Can't lately. do it. You know, right? It, it, like it, who wouldn't want that first lien? Right? And Steve, so you understand it, it, it comes up a lot where like you get a, you get a self-employed borrower who is doing phenomenal. They got 300 grand in the bank. They're doing phenomenal you know? financially, right? And you look at their stuff and you're like, you don't qualify. But the dude that had a foreclosure five years ago that makes 40K that's got 620 credit or 600 credit. They can buy the same house. They, they can actually they can get a loan. <laughs> yeah. really? It's crazy wow. because of the way that the rules are made. You know, the, uh, I was talking to someone the other day. They're like, "Well, that doesn't make sense." I'm like, "Well, listen, you're you're trying to in, impose common sense in yeah. a business that has none. There's no common sense in our business." <laughs> Omega's 2020 plan fund a viable self employment product for ourselves. False. False. <laughs> False. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Brad will create Strike the underwriting that from the guidelines. record. Yeah. <laughs> Brad's sphincter just really tightened up. Yeah, there, so. not, no, not happening. <laughs> so, I'll be happy. So, um, yeah. So, obviously, Steve, I mean, you're doing some good things. And so, talk to us a little bit about, you know, we didn't really go into this. You are having success in, in a relatively short period of time. And, you know, you, you are smart about your business. Talk to the audience about what it takes, in your opinion, to really like have have the success that you're having. What, what are you doing to give yourself an, op- an opportunity to be successful? Sure. I think, uh, just along my journey, I, I, I learned a lot about uh, adapting, uh, playing hockey, playing, living with different billet families across the country. What does uh, that mean, billet family? Uh, like a housing family. Uh, got it. Okay. Um, so like my, my junior and senior year of high school, I I uh, moved to Topeka, Kansas to play junior hockey. That's like you I was going to ask for- if you played juniors. Yeah, that, I played that- I played junior. So I lived with a billet family. So you're like a foreign uh, it, exchange you, student. You, yeah, you have to adapt. Yeah. And uh, not only within that situation, but you know, playing on numerous different teams, every, uh, person, you know, the personalities in every locker room the are social different. skills, the social skills, you have to adapt. It's, it, I look at it the same way with real estate, whether it's a listing appointment, 
or a new buyer that I'm going to show a house, I, I try and listen and adapt to their needs and wants. Yeah. And then just work really, really hard for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and talk to me about even you know, the, that's just on the, on the client side. But what about on the back end when you're in the office? Like when you walk in in the morning mm-hmm. or what's your plan on a day to day? Like what are the one, like three things or four things that you're like you have to accomplish on a daily basis? So the, what I didn't do my first couple of years was, uh, time block. I, yeah. I time block for lead generation every single day. Have to, right? You have That's to. the most important you thing have you to. gotta do, right? Because what I found was, um, yes, it took a little while to kind of get the pipeline going and, and deals going. And once I did, I stopped lead generating. So That's I, what I, cl- I closed those deals. And you had nothing And I back. had nothing. So it took me another couple months to kind of, get you know, that going get again. things rolling again. Yeah, yeah, that's that's we talk about this all the time. We're in the lead gen business. Lead gen, you yeah, got to right? you cannot stop lead gen. Whether that's cold calling, whether it's generating off your listings, Meetings, working your sphere, face to face, beating the streets, going after businesses, you got to do something to uh keep the pipeline going because yeah. uh, if you think of the concept of a pipeline, right? It's only good if there's something in it. Dude, we are in the lead generation business, whether right. whether it's us or you or whoever it is. We are, and it, and it doesn't have to be. It sounds a little dirty, right? I'm I'm creating, I'm generating leads. No, we're we're creating relationships mm-hmm. the right way, and out of that, we're gonna get business, and that's lead generation. It doesn't have to be like like cold calling a, a book of of like the, the yellow pages, whatever it is, and all of a sudden just going through. It could just be calling your friends and be like, right. hey man, let's go get let's go they're, get a drink. They're very well, soft touches. Yeah, just and, getting just getting in front, just being there. Right. Well, and to his point earlier, learning to adapt and learning to adapt your style, right? Like every time we get a referral and we call it, you never know how it's going to go, right? Mm-hmm. Someone could be like, oh, man, this guy's super cool. He's like ready to talk to you. You call him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at work. Uh, can you just call me later? I, Te- I don't know. Text me. And then other times it's like, yeah, I don't know who this lead is. You call them. They're super open to it. There's different styles. There's people looking for different things, right? And you have to understand what they want. Got to know your audience yeah. to help them out, right? I'm looking for the lowest rate and fee. No, yeah, and, and we get people that are standoffish in our business, right? Or yeah. man, I'm just looking to get more. Or I've someone take care of me. This guy doesn't answer my calls, so you kind of over communicate with them, make them feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, so lead generation. What are the two other things that you have to do every day? Because you just completely got cut off. Man. Well, we got on it. So, we- <laughs> uh, so how, I guess how I structure my day is uh, in the mornings. I usually do all of my lead generation, and then I work. Um, in in my business, uh, the afternoon and evenings. A lot of times, it's it's just showings, listing appointments. Uh, but yeah, I'm always trying to look for different avenues to to you know build more business and get more leads. Okay, yeah, in or on your business, you got to find a good balance on that. I think there's a, you know we get caught in that. Are we in or or on? In or on, right? And it's like sometimes you get stuck being in and when you should be on, right? So that's good. So we do a thing called three questions. Okay. Uh, this is something we started uh, recently uh, for the most part, right? We should do a three questions for us. No, we shouldn't. Yeah. So uh, first question we ask everybody is what scares you? I think the the scariest thing in my line of work is uh, there's no guarantee that I'm going to sell a house in 2019, like going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's pretty scary when you kind of take a step back and and look at it or think about it. But it's also very motivating, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the sky's the limit in terms of of what I can do this year, yeah. or what we can do as agents, yeah. Um, so I guess that's what motivates me. But that's probably the scariest thing Got that, it. I, that I think about at night. Okay. Next question: Throughout your life, your hockey career, through everything, mm-hmm. who do you look at as the one person that was most influential on who you are today? Certainly, my grandfather. 
Nice. Yeah, just the way he carries himself, our our connection uh, since I was little, um, but just the person he is. What I, are the things he kind of taught you? So one, the probably one thing is is your present presentation is everything. Um, nice. He he was in education for a number of years, and he he got up in the morning and and shaved and put on his suit every single day. Yeah. And uh, not only presentation with the way he he dressed and his appearance, but his presentation with his words and how he how he spoke to people. Um, that's really I think uh, separate myself a little bit in terms of my business. Just doing the little things, being. Being diligent with the, the easy things to do, showing up on time, being yeah. punctual, yeah. those types of things. That's you were very on time today. <laughs> he called me at like 8.40 and I yeah. was like... Yeah, and I was late. I, man. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, no, it's good. He sounds like a great dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, if you could be one animal in the animal kingdom, what would it be and why? I'd be a sloth. Those things are awesome. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm fascinated with lions. I, I think they're they're just incredibly beautiful, but they have that that powerful you know side to them. It's really good because that's our logo. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, I didn't uh, think yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's good. We're we're just around the same. Yeah, that's all. Awesome. <laughs> no, <laughs> it is. They are uh, crazy. You know, like you think of. It's crazy. They're a cat. They're a big. You cat. know, like they are a huge cat. Huge. They're not going to purr next to you though. No, they might. Yeah, and cats aren't nice. I used, I had a cat once. Uh, this is a funny story, and uh, like the cat, my cat would like purr next to me, and all of a sudden my cat would just start twitching and just bite me. <laughs> like you call it the apostle. I'm like, what? Could you imagine that? if there were dog equivalents of? Uh, I mean, there's wolves, right? But like of, a, a, of, a, a, lion? of a lion, like something that big. That's a dog. Yeah, what's the biggest dog? I mean, that's like 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 ferocious. What's the most ferocious? Other than like a Doberman, is there like a big ferocious? I mean, they're all just big cuddly animals. I, I was I was bit like by bears. a German Shepherd door, yeah. door yeah. knocking for a client. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Yeah, those things are yeah. are way, they will kill on the you. hand yeah. or something. Uh, on the back of my uh, oh, on my man. hamstring. Yeah. When I had I, was, a, I, had when I was going door to door sales. I, I there's a dog. There's a breed of a dog that is like <clears throat> a bear. Legit. Yeah, they, I know the Akitas are like they're huge. Yeah. They're huge in uh, in Japan. They like they breed them to be they're huge. Massive. Yeah, but they're they're t- they're teddy bears. They're scary. I'll though. tell you the most ferocious dogs are those little yappy ones, dude. <laughs> I my buddy had one and it started chasing me around. I started running like I was a scared little girl and it like nipped me and I kicked it and it got airborne. My, well, I mean, my buddy was not that nice. It, 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 it attacked me. It's a dog. It's and it's a ferocious dog. It was like a gerbil, dude. It was horrible. All right. That's enough. I've never kicked. <laughs> I've never kicked a gerbil. That's enough. It's a gerbil. So, so uh, Steve, tell the audience how they can get a hold of you. Obviously, you do really good work. We're really. I'm like. I'm like. I, I like. I love your work ethic. You're doing a really good job. So, tell the tell the audience how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. So, uh, my office is in Rochester, but I I work with buyers and sellers all over Metro Detroit. Uh, my cell phone is two four eight nine three five one eight zero seven, or you can email me at schaefer.cbwm.com. Um, and that's uh, S-H-A-F-E-R on the spelling for the last name. Yeah. yeah and it, One we'll, F. And we'll have it on the link. One F, for the yes. Show. Um, yeah. So, I, I, you know, you know you're know, you about your business when you give your cell phone out. You will have people on here. I mean, no offense to anybody, but they'll be like, uh, you know, uh, call my office line. No. no. I, I, I welcome you to call my, yeah. call my cell phone. Because, like, that's all we – I mean, if, you, if you're not really living off your cell phone, you're probably not all over Do you remember home phones? I, I'll, I'll pick up, too, yeah. if you call me. Home phones? Yeah. yeah, those are weird if you think about it now. <laughs> yeah, it's like hot. Like, I remember when cordless phones first came out. Like it was like a big deal. We had a cordless phone because back in the day you'd have that fifty foot cord and yeah. you'd be walking oh, around the house. There'd be like millions of coils in it because you like looped how, it around too many times. Last thing before we go, how about when you had AOL and you'd run the thirty foot <laughs> cord from the from the kitchen to your bedroom so you can get on AOL and get on <laughs> so you can get on <laughs> yeah, dude. 
And your mom's mad because uh, she can't get her calls from Greece. Sorry, mom. Uh, so uh, that is funny. Yeah. yeah so it's that's like you it. You pick up the phone and someone's on the fifty-six k or whatever the yeah. dial-up. You want, you know the big we're playing Duke Nukem online. All of a sudden, it kicks just out because someone picked aim. up the phone. Duke on Nukem. aim, waiting Wolfenstein. for people, just talking <laughs> yes. to people. Doom, Doom, Doom was good. Yeah. So Putting, making some like depressed away message. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening, Jessica. Thank you for being here every week. And I know that my it, pleasure. I know you live around the corner, but like I really appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I like your show. Really? So, thanks for it's being fun. here. You, you, <laughs> I'm so shocked. Really? It's really? I know that was like pure surprise. It was. <laughs> horrible so thank you everyone for listening uh steve thank you so much for being on the show yeah. man i'm really looking forward to seeing your success in 2019 dude thanks for having me on guys yeah Appreciate for sure you. thank you everyone please go to our facebook page inside ire podcast uh ire podcast.com um uh, podcast detroit uh anywhere you, listen you need to, to like write a list down yeah you uh, really do you're like go to like stitcher <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you do go down to the coffee shop and the, you do well, i'll get a list you or, do or from something. now on that's all your thing you, you do the outro toss okay. over to sal all right Find us online. I have so many things I want to say right now. I love you all. I love everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great day. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 